0: You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Valante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and uh, today we're speaking with Nicholas Rossi, uh, director, cinematographer. I encountered his work, uh, Heaven Adores You, uh, a a beautiful, uh, well-done, researched um, documentary on somewhat of a Portland Saint, uh, Elliot Smith, uh, a beautiful documentary. I contacted Nicholas we got nicholas here to learn about him as an artist and to talk a little bit about portland and uh, his documentary nicholas rossi great pleasure to have you on something rather than nothing awesome thanks for having me ken absolutely um so nicholas uh, you're a, a director cinematographer were you an artist when you were born
1: was i an artist when i was born probably It really seemed to be something that started early and that I just was interested in at a very, very early age and started sort of doing things that other people, like teachers and whatnot in in school and uh, other adults, seemed to sort of notice at an early age. And I had pretty supportive parents around that kind of stuff, so it, it seemed like this natural sort of just let him, just let Nicholas do what he's going to do. Um, and I, I tried to explore everything. I was really curious about everything. I was really, uh, affected by things really empathic at a, at a young age, um, by just affected by music, really emotionally attached to music at an early age, really into, uh, expressing myself, art, uh, I think the, the the film stuff came a little bit later, but before that I was really influenced by photography, imagery. Um, even as a young kid, I was interested in theater, but never really made any sort of like strides with being in school plays or anything like that. That just didn't seem to my thing, but writing definitely was, def- was, was a thing that I was, um, encouraged to sort of explore at a very early age too
0: yeah and 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 nicholas um i'm gonna i'm gonna jump ahead based on something you said i just wanted to follow up with what you said about (coughs) your uh kind of connecting to music emotionally because i think if you watch the documentary and just learn a little bit about you you know obviously to do an homage to elliot smith and and the music there and the deep emotional content of that music um you mentioned Mm. about how much it affects you um what was your journey like? Because Elliot Smith's music and, and getting that intimate with the with him as an artist and all those emotions and all that's in his song. What was that journey like for mm-hmm. you, going through that as a, as an artist creating something in connection to emotions?
1: You mean going into the making of Heaven and Earth? or yeah. going into, into the film itself. Into the film itself. Um, well. Uh, so I was living in Portland post, you know, growing up in Chicago. I had just sort of landed um, in Portland in 1994. And so between 94 and 1999, I lived in the Portland area, spent a little bit of time up in Washington state, but mostly in Portland. And Elliot Smith was just, he was a guy in a band called Heat Miser. And he was part of a sort of a scene that was happening. There was this beautiful, amazing, creative music scene that was happening before I got there by, uh, by many years. And then while I was there, it was just sort of, it was really blossoming. Um, and Elliot's music just sort of was one of those things that became part of the, the scenery. Um, Heatmiser was definitely this band that you you would go out and see and. I was able to you know, turn twenty-one in Portland and go to bars then and see the bands that were playing. Um, but I think Elliot's solo stuff just sort of snuck up on me. But I didn't realize when it was coming out. Um, it, it hit me maybe a year or two later, and it probably fell into my life at a time that I really needed to listen to, you know, Elliot's music. I think I was probably going through some, you know, uh, hard. Breakup of being, you know, 23 years old and feeling just like my heart was spilling out of my chest, and uh, somebody introduced me to Elliott Smith and his music, and that sort of music just fit exactly where it needed to. Um, and it was, you know, it was music as medicine, and it was something that just sort of was, you know, very comforting to listen to. Um, I didn't really fully understand just, you know, how much of a sort of genius Elliot Smith was when you know when you're just listening to it for the medicinal properties of music yeah and then Elliot Smith sort of you know he left he left Portland um, I left Portland I went on to do other things and several years later ended up living in Los Angeles kind of still trying to you know find that filmmaker thing um, and that was you know, during the year that Elliot Smith died. He died not too, not too far away from where I was living. And somebody told me about a solutions wall that was being sort of made up as a makeshift memorial to him. So I went down there with a camera and shot some footage and just sort of wanted to pay my respects to, to Elliot Smith as this person who had had this effect on me as a, as a young kid. And that footage turned into a small short video that was sort of like a tribute and that video got some feedback and that feedback sort of prompted a bigger question of like, how is it that we're still talking about Elliot Smith? You know, I thought that only people in Portland knew him. I really hadn't tracked his 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 journey post Portland. Um I knew that when he left he went to New York and then I saw him once or twice in a record store in Los Angeles and then he was dead. And so the question of, like, why is Elliot Smith still a big thing? Why are people still discovering his music? Why did he have this big impact on people became the sort of the beginning of, well, let's find out. You know, let's let's find out why Elliot Smith was this bigger thing. Um, and that was the beginning of Heaven Adores You. And it was an interesting journey to kind of start to go back to the Portland days and to kind of look back at what Portland was you know, this was 10 years after I left. So, um, and Portland's a city that, you know, has definitely changed since since that movie was made, even.
0: Yeah, um, and, and changed a lot. Um, Nicholas, I have, uh, I want to follow up a, a bit more uh, with you in, in, in particular about, um, you know, the impact of the music and the, the Portland music scene and its impact on you as an artist. But first, I want to cut to yeah. a clip of um, of your documentary. It's a short clip, um, and just a, a brief discussion around that. Uh, uh, Elliot Smith is, is 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 a Portland thing, but um, the cat's starting to get out of the bag. So that's going to be the clip, Nicholas. Right. Okay.
1: It was clear that you know Elliot had kind of finished playing music that he didn't feel was his anymore. When it went from those shows of, you know, 10 kids, it went from that to big all of a sudden. I remember the upstairs of La Luna being filled, and everyone was sitting down, and everyone was silent, and it was like one of those things like the cats out of the bag.
0: And it was such a... Um it's a, such a big part of the story that you're telling in in, in the documentary I mm-hmm. think fame yeah um, becoming big uh, this kind of guy from uh, from Portland singing songs I want to tell you Nicholas one of the things that the documentary did for me and it, it, it connects to some comments you made um so it's like the question of why why is there still this um, you know phenomena why are there these un, uh, the desire to learn more? about, um, about Elliot Smith. And when I was listening to the, in watching your documentary, I realized through some of the clips or maybe seeing him play how truly intricate his songs were. And I've been fooled on some of those songs because they just, they just float to you, but there's such an intricacy mm-hmm. and such a depth to the music I think that's a huge, a huge part of it. Do you, did you discover that or see the same type of thing within the music itself?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when you're a spectator of watching Elliot Smith play, you're sort of, you're astounded that somebody can be so great at, you know, putting these, uh, these beautiful words together with this great um, guitar playing. And there was a sort of a, a, a vibe, if you will, like being in the same space and watching him perform. Because, like everybody describes, and like Sean Krogan described in that clip, you know, it, everybody was silent. Everybody was just sort of in awe of this thing that was happening. Um, I think when it came time to, uh, you know, sort of explore Elliot Smith as an artist in this documentary, I've, you know, spent months and months and months listening to his music beforehand. And then months and months listening to it while we're making the film. And I still spend days listening to Elliot Smith. It's like the kind of stuff that never you discover something, you know, intricate in it every time you listen to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a gift to sort of start to unpack the genius of, of Elliot Smith by making a film
0: about him. Yeah. And, um, Nicholas, I want to get a little, uh, into a little bit more about um, about you as an artist. Uh, I understand that Heavens uh, Adore You is your first uh, full feature with you as, as director, and you've worked as um, a cinematographer, and you talked about uh, photography. I've, um, I've worked on a couple very short documentaries. I'm actually struggling on one uh, at present. And... I tell you, one of the things discoveries for me in trying to practice uh, what you do is a deep and profound respect of trying to get it right or tell the story sound wise, visually, et cetera, you know, on a on a on a documentary. Um, and, and you did that. And I think you 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 excelled with that. It took a while for you to put, put together this 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 project. Heaven adores you, and it's obviously connected to your love of Elliot Smith's music and your desire to tell that story. Yeah. Uh, were there any times when you were when you were doing this that, that you just said, am, am I the, the, the right person? what What, what kept you going in, in creating this and spending the time on this and in, in telling this this story of Elliot Smith? as a creator, you as a creator?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny to look back at it now and be like, what what made you think that you could pull this off? And I think there's like a bit of not knowing that le- sort of lets you just sort of walk into things like this and just say, okay, I think I can do this. I, I think I can do this. And then people are supporting you to do this. Um, I mean, I sat on pulling the trigger on a Kickstarter campaign to fund heaven adores you for over a year just you know like not sure if this was something that I could do or um, if I could get to do it or you know if if people would let me do it or any, any of those kind of questions that come up when you're you're dealing with the the life story of somebody who's not around especially you know somebody who you can't interview themselves and I think I just I think I just said like I'm I'm gonna do the best that I can do I'm gonna do what I would like to do about telling Elliot's story and you know I'll do my best and I'll try to honor him in the way that um, I feel is most appropriate to the impact that he had and to you know honor him in the way that the fans that he has amassed over you know the past twenty years. Um, hopefully they, they like it too, but yeah, I mean, it's terrifying in some ways to be working with such precious material, um, and, a, you know, a precious legacy of somebody who meant so much to so many people. And I don't know if you ever think, can I do it? You just, you accept the responsibility and the, the challenge and you, you do it like, the, with very best intentions and I think you know I, I, I had great support from the producers and from the contributors and every step of the film just seemed like okay well seems like we're we're moving forward on this there weren't a you know a whole lot of big glaring red flags or big roadblocks it was just we want to make a film that honors Elliot Smith and his legacy and his music and I think People were at a point, you know, the people who knew him best were at a point where they were, um, they were ready to talk about it. And so I was extraordinarily lucky to be the person to get to talk to them about Elliot.
0: Yeah. Um, and, um, I got a I got a big question coming after this one, but I wanted to say with regards to the to the documentary, I mean, as far as getting a place, a, a feel for place in, in time in some of the local community radio clips that you had, some of the the you know, some of the posters from the time, some of the bigger bands coming up through uh, Portland a little bit before Poison idea capturing the scene. Mm-hmm. Um uh, n- not easy to, not easy to do, but, um, it's, 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 it's definitely there and it gives you uh, maybe a, that, that feel for the time. Um, yeah. uh, Nicholas, I, I got to hit you with the big question, since you're an artist <clears throat> and you create art in this beautiful piece, uh, heaven endorsed you and others, you know, cinematography work that you do, but what is art? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I think art is uh, what it is to you, you know, like what it is to the person who's being asked that question. I, For me, I, and I can only speak for me, I guess, art is that stuff that you don't necessarily sometimes notice right away, but you see it in the details of things or you see it in the shadows. I mean, I think that there's there's art and it's there, You you know, you make art so that you can put art out there and you can, put it out there for people to enjoy it as art and then there's that sort of other stuff that I feel like naturally happens it sort of organically happens it's the stuff that you know you accidentally come across or you accidentally put out or you accidentally make or you just sort of focus your your energy on something that's you know cathartic or you know something that makes you feel great about something it's the it's the product of of how you're living your life. Um, but it's such a hard question to answer because it's, you know, what is art? It's, it, it is, I mean, it is what
0: it, <laughs> is, what it <laughs> is. There's you that, uh, I've I mentioned in a show a while back, The there was the Supreme Court decision. I think it was Supreme Court on the definition of pornography. You know it when you see it. Uh-huh. You know it when you see it. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. <laughs> and art yeah. you know when you see I mean, it art in some
1: ways <laughs> i noticed you know i've been noticing that lately. lately when i first moved to new york I, I started paying a lot of attention to graffiti and and you know people who put up sticker art and uh tagging and stuff like that when i was growing up in chicago tagging was a a big thing um and i noticed it more here as a way for people to sort of communicate to each other and of course you know i don't know a whole lot about the tagging culture but i know that it's you're putting your tag up and that's you saying this is my my name whatever but i'm really fascinated sometimes by how like sometimes art isn't there for you to necessarily notice unless you accidentally come across it or you happen to just be looking down at the the moment where somebody you know spray paint a stencil on the sidewalk that is artistic and you're it's there for you if you want to engage
0: with it. Um, but yeah. I mean, art is, I mean, maybe some people never experience art. I think, uh, I think city, you know, I, I love, I love Chicago and you're from Chicago, Chicago. Uh, we're talking Chicago, Portland, New York city. One of the, pieces one of the components of those cities without speaking about anything else that i enjoy is that art happens there there's a vibrancy electricity in new york city portland has its own wacky vibe but it's an art vibe through and through most neighborhoods you're walking through and chicago oh my gosh i think the greatest museum in the entire world the art institute of chicago so i adore (laughs) I, i i i adore chicago um uh, Nicholas, another kind of conceptual question about you um, you as a creator. Um, I see in your work that you, you spend a lot of time uh, professionally uh, tell- look, looking to tell the story. Do you ever step back and say why you create or what drives you to try to tell mm-hmm. the particular stories that you tell?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, sure, because I, I feel like if I'm embarking on a project, I have to know that I'm going to spend a significant chunk of my life involved in it. And it does become this thing that can, can consume you. And you do, you do get to ask that question, like, what is it? Why am I exploring this? Why is this coming into my life now? Why, are, why is this topic Um, something that I'm going to work on. And sometimes you work on stuff that's not yours and you still find a connection to it. And sometimes you get to work on stuff that's yours and, um, you know, maybe other people don't find the connection to your work, but you do it because it feels like the thing that you need to work out. I mean, I think that's a big part of it too. Like sometimes I just need to work out stuff, even if it doesn't flesh itself out into a motion picture or um or that you know nobody will ever see it it's practice and it's working things out in your head and it's working out feelings and it's working out technique and it's working out sort of the craft that you know prepares you for you know the next project that you're gonna you're gonna take on yeah i think there's something to be said about I, there's something to be said i think about not creating art as well and just sort of you know sort of living in a moment where you get to do your own research and you get to yeah. sort of plan and nest and sort of collect things for what you feel is going to be your next artistic journey. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. I had a question that I didn't want to forget to ask you Nicholas and uh, just hearing some of your comments about your connection to music. I share that uh, on, on the program. Um, I'm, I'm really impacted by music, adore music, knocked over by music and uh i can hear some of that in in your thoughts i just wondered out of curiosity when i've i've lived in different areas of the country i'm from rhode island um i've lived in uh, washington dc and wisconsin and oregon for about uh 10 years and uh i adore the portland music scene um when you went from chicago i mean chicago music right I, i just i can hear the music right now but when you go from chicago and went to Portland, was there anything that stood out for you as far as music or the music scene or any component around the differences you saw from Chicago to Portland?
1: Huh. Um, No, I don't know. Because I think when I was in Chicago, I wasn't necessarily listening to the Chicago music scene. I was kind of listening to anything that was happening in, you know, 1989 to nineteen ninety four. Sure, sure. So that included, like that included all this sort of indie stuff that was coming up and it was from places that, you know, I'd never been to, I was listening to Sebado and a Mazzy Star. And, um, you know, I was always listening to the butthole surfers too, but, so I think when I moved to Oregon, it was at the sort of, I mean the tail end of grunge for sure. I, I remember like Kurt Cobain died. And then I moved to, I took a train to Seattle. And that was the end, but there was still this sort of overflow of grunge in the Pacific Northwest that was still there. And that sort of morphed into this post-punk pop stuff of, you know, the, Heat, the miser Hazel, Cracker Bash, that Portland scene. But I don't remember ever feeling like, oh, I just stepped into a completely different music scene as much as, um, I, you know, going from Chicago where I grew up to Oregon where I'd never even visited prior to yeah, and yet yeah. there, it just seemed like, okay, I'm in, a, I'm in a totally different world
0: and the world is mine to explore. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I yeah. got, um, I got a big, uh, got a big question for you, but I wanted to tell you a quick Portland <laughs> Sebado story. Um, <laughs> that I think yeah. you might enjoy is stuff like this happens in Portland. Um, you mentioned Sebado band I really enjoy in the connection of Dinosaur Jr. and uh, Lou Barlow. But Sebado uh, yeah. was uh, doing a little signing in a record shop, a very good record shop, name escaping me uh, right now uh, in Portland. My son uh, plays guitar, and he's wild into music. He's going to be turning uh, 18 soon. And he, um, I grabbed him out of school because Sebado was signing, right? So I grabbed him out of school. Uh, for like one of his last pairs I'm like Aiden's like why are you getting me out of school <laughs> like I don't have a dentist to point and I'm like Sebado Sebado get in the car and we raced we raced across town and uh basically sweating and running going into the uh, the music store and we just missed him we just missed uh we uh, just missed Sebado and I'm, I'm I'm quizzing the owner I'm like hey we're gonna come back in but like what's the deal did we just miss them can we can we uh can we, can we Track him down. I mean, we we came here just for Sebado, and you know, and uh, he's like, "Oh my God, they're they're getting on the bus." So we saw Sebado get on the Portland City bus, <clears> and we unfortunately missed the signing <laughs> uh, for I for Sebado.
1: <laughs> I uh, I mean Sebado. I adore Lou Barlow so much. I think he's fantastic, and I love all the the stuff that he does so much so. That I made it a point to include some footage of Lou Barlow and Elliot Smith talking in the Heaven Adores You. I I like I saw this MTV clip or some yes, some sort of interview, of yes. um, and I I, w- I was like I you know I love Lou Barlow so much. I I really want to just put him with Elliot Smith in this film. I want it to to live there so that you know. 10, 20 years from now, if somebody watches Heaven and door they can see a Lou Barlow in there and maybe ask
0: Lou Barlow. Nicholas Rossi, you are a good, good man. You're a good man. Um, Thank you for doing that. You know, um, uh, the, also though I did get to see Sebado play that night. I had a, uh, uh, ticket to the Doug for lounge, uh, which is featured oh, wow. at the end. Um, of your Mm -hmm. movie as a, as a location, beautiful location, Doug for a lounge. Um, But Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm going to have, I got one big monster question for you, uh, Nicholas. And, um, and uh, towards the end, I want to play actually uh, the, basically the ending of the the film and and it'll explain itself. But um, before we get to how the audience can connect with you, There's the big question that the show is entitled, and I want to see if you wanted to take a stab at it. Why is there something rather than nothing?
1: Yeah, why is there? I mean, I suppose... uh, I suppose there's nothing as well as something. When I think about, you know, why is there something rather than nothing, I mean, part of me feels like, well, of course you have to have something to I don't know distract you entertain you um, inspire you um, give you reason to wake up in the morning I mean, everybody has a something but I also love the nothing too I love that there's there's the ability to connect to nothing if you if you want to um, I mean it's kind of like that art question you know I think yeah Art is what uh, art is what you want it to be and something is kind of it's wise why do you have it because you because most people want it most people want something it makes them feel better have
0: something have that sort of I don't know that plan well, that <laughs> that thing the thing you know the language ends up with things I mean uh, I wanted to say something uh, one thing I noticed and this is gonna sound. Slightly strange, probably, but one of the things watching a uh, documentary, getting back into another Elliott Smith phase, my first heavy Elliott Smith phase in a few years. I've had a few. And um mm-hmm. and hearing how much Elliott Smith's in his lyrics, he's using the words something, nothing, anything. He uses that mm-hmm. a lot. So I'm actually going to explore mm-hmm. that and just kind of see. What happens, because a lot of times that kind of at the end of thought, you're just talking about things. Well, you know, in an interview, we're talking about yeah. things. Uh, philosophers are talking about um, things. So I thought it was just curious, um, curious to notice. Um All right. So uh, Nicholas Rossi, I want um, the listeners of the show to be able to connect with um, your work, maybe uh, uh, film and and projects that you've worked on that you'd like to point their attention to, or, uh, you know, I think you might have a professional uh, website. Can you help guide the listeners to how to connect with uh, both you and and of course the film we've talked about as well. Heaven adores you. Mm Um well of
1: course heaven Endures you is widely available to watch um it is available on amazon if you do the amazon thing there's a the good old-fashioned uh dvd and blu-ray and all that kind of stuff that you can find it on it's pretty readily av- it's pretty readily available um as for me i you know my days of social media just seem like they're coming closer and closer to an end and i'm not as active i think as i once was but i'm certainly um discoverable on the internet i'm sure somebody can find a way i'm always sort of up for chatting with people about art and film and Elliot smith i have a you know a website that has all my cinematography stuff on it um, it's of course nicholas rossi.com but i'm
0: pretty pretty easy
1: to get in touch with there's not a whole lot of Nicholas Rossi's
0: out there yeah well, and I wanted to I wanted to thank you um uh, so much for for taking the time to pop onto the show and to tell you, um, you know, I think your first your your directorial full directorial debut with this film, i think you took on a pretty heavy 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 lift and i think you pulled it off. <laughs> i think you pulled it off I, I think it's absolutely clear to the viewer that you pulled it off and i wanted to let you know that i wanted to recommend having the doors oh, you, thanks, yeah to, to to everybody and of course you know celebrating what you do in that um the the music of uh Elliot smith um but uh, uh, yeah. again uh th- thanks for popping on the program and talking about art um uh, a, a real blast Um, yeah thank you for having me absolutely and I'm going to cut to now uh, essentially uh, the end of your film everybody check it out Heaven (laughs) Adores You, Nicholas Rossi uh, thanks so much and thanks for listening to something rather than nothing
1: Uh, well we've got uh, another one here this is going to be I think the the closing song Uh is there a reason you you picked this one to close the album? Um, because it was kind of happy (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's got a positive name doesn't it oh yeah um we have elliot smith in the studio with us it's morning becomes eclectic on uh, 89.9 kcrw Hello y'all, welcome to No Name Number
1: One, a tribute to the life and music of the great Elliot Smith. <laughs> Tiffany's killing the actor And a cop standing out in the road Turning traffic away There's nothing she could do until laughter